Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Bwery, and as always, I'm with flood history buff, Dr. Lucy Jones. Today's episode is sponsored in part by SoCal Gas, who is committed to building resilience in the communities it serves. We also thank our individual supporters who help underwrite the work of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society through Patreon. Would you consider sponsoring this podcast for as little as $5 per month? Because your support enables us to serve even more communities. Simply go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search Dr. Lucy Jones. And now, let's get to it. In our last episode, part one of the four-part series on California's other big one, we discussed atmospheric rivers and their potential for impacts across the state of California. We spent time explaining the way we know extreme storms have happened many times over the last millennia. Lucy, what would it mean if one happened again? Why are we spending so much time on this podcast on this issue of California's other big one? Well, whenever you want to understand what will happen, you need to begin from what has happened. And for storms, that means the winter of 1861, 1862, which is the worst flood in California's written history. So what did happen during that time? Well, the first thing to remember is that the great flood disasters, at least in California, happen because of how long the rains continue. Most of us can remember rainstorms, floods in California, where there was just one wave after another coming day after day, you know, and it might keep on raining for a week or more. But in 1862, the sequence didn't stop for two months. It began raining in Oregon in early December, came into Northern California towards the end of December, continuing there through January and February. It finally got down to Southern California in mid-January. We don't have a lot of rain gauges over the area, but we do have isolated reports. We know that it rained every day straight in Southern California for 45 days. We also know that there was a rain gauge up in Sonora, which is in Tuolumne County and the Sierra Foothills. And in a two month period, they recorded six feet of water and that many other areas had over five feet in that general area. Back here in Southern California, the one record we have showed 66 inches of rain over five feet in a region that usually sees less than one foot in a year. Okay, you're getting into that physical description of what happens, but how does this start affecting people? What's the impact on the people that live there at the time? Okay, so the impact begins when the ground is so saturated, it can't absorb anymore and it starts flowing out into our homes and other places. Again, it affected the whole state. We have spotty information. We have the most data from Sacramento. So there it started raining in mid-December. By the time you got to Inauguration Day, which was January 10th, 1862, the Capitol was completely flooded. The worst flooding had actually begun the day before. And the incoming governor, who was Leland Stanford, who later founded Stanford University, had to take a rowboat to his inauguration. And after being inaugurated, he went back to his home in this rowboat and had to enter through a second story window because his first floor was underwater. That's the state government. And they tried to keep on going in Sacramento. They'd only moved there relatively recently, but the situation continued to deteriorate. More rain came in. And finally, 12 days after inauguration, state government gave up, left Sacramento and headed down to San Francisco. One of the reasons we know 
as much as we do about this storm is because there was an investigative team that was looking at the treasures and resources of California, led by Josiah Whitney, after whom Mount Whitney is named. And one of his scientists, a guy named William Brewer, kept detailed journal throughout this. And he reported coming back to Sacramento in March. So this is now two months after people had given up and left. And most of the city was still underwater. It had been there for three months at that point. Furniture, pieces of houses, dead animals floating around through this water. Many of the houses had been toppled over by the impact of the flood waters carried from their foundations. And he ended up saying, I don't think the city of Sacramento will ever rise from this shock. I don't see how it can. They did come back. The possibility that the state government would just stay in San Francisco was so real that the solution, the city decided, was to raise the whole city of Sacramento above the 1862 flood level and rebuild it. And yes, you heard me correctly. The residents organized a self-tax to fund the transport of mud and sand to raise the city somewhere between 9 and 14 feet, depending upon where in the city it needed to be raised. Some buildings were cut off at their foundations and jacked up 10 feet, so they were elevated. Others abandoned their first floor and filled them in. This process took 15 years, and you can still see evidence of it in old Sacramento, where they've actually uncovered the bottom floors, and there's tours you can take of the underground Sacramento. But we need to remember that the true impact of the storm wasn't just in Sacramento. That's where we have the best records. But the whole state was hit with this storm. That's way more than an earthquake can do. The longest earthquake we've seen in California was on a fault about 250 miles long. This was the whole thousand mile length of the state that got hit by this. We know, for instance, down here in Southern California that the second largest city after the city of Los Angeles was a town named Aguamansa, and it was completely washed away with flooding in the Santa Ana River. And in fact, the mouth of the Santa Ana River itself moved a distance of about six miles because the whole of Orange County was flooded. And as the water finally withdrew, the river ended up in a different location. Up in Northern California, we know that there were a lot of small towns that were completely wiped away. We have one record that said three towns just in Shasta County were completely wiped out. The Central Valley, now a major agricultural center for the whole United States, saw one of the biggest impacts. Our friend William Brewer, who was describing the flood, started calling the Central Valley the lake. And there was a lake literally 300 miles long and 20 to 60 miles wide and up to 20 feet deep. So all of the houses in the Central Valley were underwater. They were broken up by the waves that went through there. It was uninhabitable for more than six months. That's incredible to hear about what happened to the land and the infrastructure. But what about the people? Do we know how many people died, for instance? We really don't, because when a whole community is washed away, there's no one left to record the deaths. People have tried to reconstruct it, and the best estimate is probably something like 4,000 people. We do have evidence that about 1,000 people in the Chinese community died because they were, a lot of them up in the mountains engaged in the mining industry where much of the damage ended up happening. So our best guess is something over 4,000 people when the population of the whole state was 400,000. So we lost 1% of the population of the state. So as you're describing this, I can't help but think about some of the main ideas you've described in your book, The Big Ones, about big ones and why they're different than just big disasters, that big ones fundamentally change society. And that's what seemed to happen here. And not just in one community, but across the state. That's right. 
You know, in 1861, before this flood happened, California had two major industries, and neither of them survived the flood. One was the mining industry, the, the gold rush. It was already dying down as the easy to find gold had already been found. But a lot of the mining equipment was washed out of the mountains and it was not worth recovering from. It also destroyed the ranching industry, which was the second major industry for California. Almost a million animals, they think, died in the flood, were drowned in the flood. And the ranchers couldn't afford to restock the herds and started turning to farming. So when you think of early California, think of our farming industry. That didn't really exist before the flood changed what was going on in this state. And you have to wonder, how would a repeat of this storm affect our current economy? What a nice lead into our next episode, where we'll take up that very topic. So until then, I'm John Buery with Dr. Lucy Jones and you getting through it. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a supporter at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones. <laughs>